It's part of American politics. We love our polls. From local races to the national stage of the 2024 presidential election, Matt Towery and Robert Cahaley are churning the data so you can stay informed. This is Polling Plus. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Towery with the bow tied with himself, pollster Robert Cahaley, and we're bringing you another edition of Polling Plus. I guess we start with a plus today, Robert, because you seem to really enjoy that debate last night. Another snooze-a-thon, I might add, but you found some moments of interest. Why don't you tell folks what you think was important about that last, almost impossible to find debate? <laughs> well, there were a few things in particular. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, for a while I've been saying I thought there were kind of two lanes. Uh, there was the establishment lane and there would be the um, America first lane. Right. And, I, you know, th- there's been some doubt that that was the case. And so I think last night uh, that kind of consolidated itself when you saw both a unified attack coming from uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy and um, DeSantis mm-hmm. uh, after Haley. And then uh, Haley kind of defended by Christie and they just kind of, uh, forming up the kind of the other side. So I think that these these lines became more apparent. Right. Uh, I also think that, that this debate was the first time anybody had, you know, kind of laid a glove on Haley that stopped. Uh, this stuff about the curtains and all that in the gas tax in South Carolina just, just wasn't getting it done. Uh, but this time I think they hit her with some things that, that stuck, and I think some things that are going to make uh, some average Republicans, some – America first Republicans really kind of second guess her. Uh, Such as? The, you know, the connect. Say again? Such as? What, what, what are the things you oh, think I'm are sorry. There? We probably should start again. Okay. Let's go back to such as. Such as? Well, first of all, I think that this idea that she was, she's beholden to a lot of these corporate types uh, that, you know, basically genuflected uh, to the Chinese president really kind of struck home. It's like it's hard to expect a politician to to work against their donors and knowing what their donors agenda was and kind of the unanimity of support of people that are beholden to China or people she's beholden to. I think DeSantis made that very clear. Uh, Vivek really kind of hit her on the amount of money that she has uh, made between leaving government service and, um, and running running for office, and you know, for average people out there, and they hear, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to being worth millions in just a few years, and you know, doing the same kind of stuff Hillary did to make the money, and other stuff that you don't know about. I think it it, it does create a question. Yeah, but you know, you know, okay. Well, here's here's the thing. So my take on it's a little different. I thought it was another boring, meaningless debate. Um, I thought DeSantis did pretty well. I think DeSantis gets doesn't get enough credit for staying in there in these debates. There's no question. Um, and I would agree. Matt, I would I would tell you that I think that's if there was a lasting effect, I think Vivek Ramaswamy did a lot of things to make him kind of unelectable to the establishment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, some of the points brought up against Haley make her kind of unelectable among the America firsters and right down the middle, somebody that everybody could kind of compromise on, you know, j- mm-hmm. just like the three bears, just right. Well, the, was, so, so the, the media framed all this 
after the debate as Haley is clearly in second place and everyone's chasing her. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anything in the polling that shows that uh, Nikki Haley is way ahead of DeSantis. They're basically. No, as a matter of fact, in my most recent national poll, I had had Nikki ahead of DeSantis in the previous one. Right. And this one, DeSantis was a little bit ahead of her. So if anything, it's a horse race uh, between the two of them. Yeah. And, um, but I think when somebody's on the rise, they get attacked. And frankly, the fact that she hadn't really been attacked before. Right. Um, I think had a lot to do with the attack she was getting. I think if she's going to have any trouble, it's going to be taking that huge donation from a fellow who just always backs Democrats. And I don't think you can really explain why why you're getting that kind of money. And the one that's funding the lawsuit to get get Trump kicked off the ballot. Right. I mean, that just that just is a little bit odd. Now, you yeah. know, it's his right to do wrong. His right to do, but I just don't know how you talk about the uh, uh, the Trump crowd, America First, you call it or whatever. They they probably aren't going to like that, and I, I think that's going to become a problem for her. This coziness with the moderate to to left. I think there's no question. You know, one of the things that actually, when this morning when I was on mornings with Maria, that that one of the uh, panelists brought up was the fact that. She referred to the DeSantis, um, you know, the education bill that uh, tried to, you know, not focus on talking about sex before third grade. Right. And she used the liberal term of called it the don't say gay bill. And the fact that she picked up their nomenclature really, really? seemed to uh, yeah. well, rub people the wrong way. But by the way, I mean, were you on morning with Maria this morning? Yeah. Uh, I slept in. I'm sorry I missed you. I, I, so. So I was on Laura Ingram's show Friday night, and I didn't tell anybody I was going to be on. You're on Maria's show. You didn't tell anybody you're going to be on. Maybe we should do a better job of promoting ourselves, Robert, you think? Because I had no freaking idea you were on today. And you sure as hell didn't (laughs) see me on Friday night. I know that. Well, but I, I record on DVR, so Matt, when I hear your own, I go back and I watch oh, yeah, every bit yeah. of it. I don't even watch you, 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 I, you know, I don't I'm, even watch, I'm always I don't even watch myself. I'm a weirdo. I cringe. All right, so let's move on to other things than the two of us. A um, couple of themes emerging with the media this week. Uh, one of them being that Trump is going to be a dictator if he's president. This is the newest, you know, it's just like it goes from one thing to another. So now the new fantasy is, is that he's going to be an authoritarian, totalitarian uh, dictator. Now, let me ask you a question. Same time that comes out, I see a news story that the State Department is funding uh, some sort of international effort to keep conservative news organizations out of the algorithms can be picked up for news. Now, you tell me, did that happen during the Trump time period or is that happening now? Because it seems like to me there's a whole lot of projecting going on here. Authoritarianism. Uh, who likes to lock down schools? Who likes to who, who likes to make sure that everybody wears a mask? How, who wants to uh, tell us what kind of car you can drive and get rid of your gas stoves? Now, look, I'm being more partisan than I normally am, but I get a little tired of reading stuff where they're writing about one side and they're really describing themselves. There's no question. And, you know, one of the things I always point to is, I mean, I remember during the campaign, it was, they were, you know, Hillary Clinton lock her up. Well, when he got to be president, 
he certainly had the authority to send his Justice Department after her. Yeah, and he said and he, improper and his to do. attitude was that we don't do that in America. Don't do that you don't America. go lock up your opponents. Yeah, but but so I find that's a great example of that's what a dictator would do. And then regardless of how you look at January 6th, a, a dictator would have had the military and a dictator would have led an actual insurrection where the guys didn't leave their guns in the hotel rooms. So, I mean, the point is, this isn't, he is not, the best way to figure out how somebody's going to act is how they have acted. And he hasn't acted like a dictator before. And what we're seeing out of the Biden administration trying to control everything, like you said, about, you know, any kind of thought you have, right. what you say, and trying to go after parents and going after Catholics and all this stuff. I mean, those are the actions of a dictator. By the way, Robert, I, I, I'm probably the only lawyer pollster in America. But the, you might be. But the law, yeah, which probably means I'm, I'm doubly hated. <laughs> a lawyer and a pollster? Oh, and a former. Well go ahead and be a, a banker. And a former elected official. That makes me a, the trifecta. But, but, you know, it's dawned on me. An insurrection is trying to overturn an existing government. Is that not right? That's right. Okay, well, who the hell was president on the day that so-called insurrection took place? <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> Just fun well, facts guess, to know until. Uh, the part that got me was when all the, when even the FBI text, all the guys talking about, we're going to leave their guns in the hotel rooms because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, right. That's not the way you start a fight. No, no. generally they don't. I can imagine way. if the guys at Lexington and Concord had left their guns at home. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> they would have been a well, we'd, be, we'd be having a spot of tea right now. So, That's right. So let's let's talk also about the polling numbers. For first of all, the polling numbers. Iowa's coming up. What are you seeing? What are you seeing right now in terms of Iowa? I know. I think you polled it just recently. We did. I, I believe Trump had like a 23, 24 point lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as usual, uh, our margin for Trump and the lead is not quite the same. as is generally one of the lower ones. And I think we're actually the lowest one in RCP which is, in Iowa. Which is why he's not bragging about you, Robert. He's not bragging about well, me. He's fine. not bragging about you. He just He's just not very proud of our polls. But the thing <laughs> is, you know, I really think there's something to this idea of them trying to set the expectation bar and raise and having all the kind of the media and the universities that are left-leaning polls. I'll say he had these numbers that are, you know, five to ten points for what, Mine and your surveys tend to well, show. Right. To be fair, elevated. to be fair, that's what they accused us of when we had in twenty twenty two the Republicans looking stronger. Now nobody ever goes back and looks at how half of the Republican establishment pulled the the rug out from under these candidates in the last seven to ten days, and they never point out that all the other pollsters who they think were so wonderful had the Republicans in the generic ballot winning in 2022. Something happened more than just bad polling. But but we weren't on our mark. I don't think they're on their mark yeah, right now. The, you know, election day is what it is. And, yep. that, and, that's, and that's the point. This is, you know, it, polls are one thing. Getting your voters to the polls is something else. And that's something I want to talk about. Now, the Hill it, had a story today. That's right. Hill had a story today about how folks are finally saying Ronna McDaniel has to go. And in, embedded in this story, though, which is, a, and I'm not commenting one way or another on that, but embedded in this story is the following. It says that um, 
I don't want to read it to you directly here. I had it right here, and all of a sudden I can't find it. Basically, it says that in the run-up to the election, that they have sent staffers into key swing states. They have started the um, Vote Early Project. They've got a name for it, and they're going to be prepared. Yeah. Have you seen any sign of any strategists or on-the-ground types in any of these swing states doing a damn thing? Well, you know, I I hear when you ever hear the Republican Party talking about that they've got to bank your vote. And but that's really just about getting Republicans to vote early. That's not what we're what they need to be talking about. Robert, let me give you an exact quote here. It says, additionally, the party has already sent staff to 15 swing states to get a head start on the get out the vote efforts and election monitoring. Where the hell are they? Well, and first of all, staff to 15 states. Um, what I saw uh-huh. and what I've experienced uh-huh. in Georgia uh-huh. was they put a thousand people on the ground going person to person, basically downloading the person's phone contact. You say they, you mean the Democrats? The Democrats, right. their organizations, whichever one you know it was, it doesn't have to be party directly. Right. But I mean, they had a thousand staff on the ground right. in these state. And that's why you had a red wave and a big blue wall where the, where they had U.S. Senate races. Yep. They got for real. And Republicans can't do exactly what they do. They keep saying, we're going to do the same thing. Right. No, you're not going to get people in nursing homes who don't know their the elections happening right. to fill out a ballot. Right. You're not going to do the same thing. Right. Let's not kid ourselves. You can't do the exact same thing. Right. You can make sure every Republican votes. Right. But, but you can't do what they do because what they do isn't above board many times. In my opinion, I've said this before, I'll say it again, for the Republicans to even have a prayer of winning, which I don't think they will, um, they have to have a wave election. The only way you have a wave election is if the public in mass droves is truly discontent and knows why they're discontent. And nobody knows why the hell they're discontent right now because the Republicans have no blessed messaging on TV or on social media, and the, and meanwhile, you have the entire media with a small segment that are an exception, educating the public with exactly what they want to see. We have twelve, and moreover, yeah. than just the media, Matt. Yeah, the Democrats aren't sending a few staff members; they are running issue ads right, right now, now in every swing state. Yeah. I mean, they they are basically molding public opinion every day in these things on all these different commercials and they're thinking the Republicans are thinking, well, they're going to parachute in in the last three weeks and do it. That's not the way you win an election. Robert, if anybody believes these polls right now, and I'm not saying the polls are wrong, but you and I both know there are different ways to gather the information, different ways to weight it, different ways, whether you have registered voters, you don't have registered voters, likely voters, that can change a whole lot of things. Oh, likely voters versus registered, totally different. But there's one thing, we say that all the time, and it's absolutely true. I've never seen an election where in the last two, three weeks, the numbers don't compress. And it doesn't matter how lousy the candidates are. They're within one or two points of each other nationally. And then it's, it's two or three points in these swing states. If, if right now, my prediction, they could run Bunny Rabbit for president. They could run Mr. Moose. They could run anybody 
And he would beat the Republicans or she would beat the Republicans simply because the Republicans have not laid the predicate to win. I don't give a rat's ass who the nominee is. Well, I think there's I mean, right now, the Republicans are running the entire campaign based on Biden sucks and we need somebody new and you need to. That's not good enough. I mean, it it, it is not good enough to be the party against what's happening. Mm hmm. It's got to be the party who talks about what they're going to do. The one thing I thought Trump answered well on the on the Hannity interview is he kind of made light of the dictator thing, right? And then he went through what he, you know, here I'd be a dictator for one day, and he talked about uh, doing some things about you know border. freeing up the energy and and dealing with the border. And see, that's laying out an agenda for what you're going to do, right? But it's not just the nominee. You know, and, and, the, and the, you can't depend on just your nominee to do it. You got to be softening these grounds. And you know, we have you know, like last time we had two hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, the Senate, the, you know, the Senate Leadership Fund getting just wasted. Yep. Jumping behind candidates who are already going to win, yep. and then not backing candidates who had a real shot. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, uh, got, can't go without talking about this for a second. The rapidly dwindling number of Republicans in the House, could they could they find a better way to make themselves vulnerable? Now you've got the former speaker is going to just quit in December. So they got to have a special election. But, there. But here's the one thing that I, I've, I learned about that. Yeah. The reason he's quitting in December uh-huh. is because if he quit after December, the governor could appoint. And could appoint a Democrat if he quit oh. before December, then there'll be a special election that'll go Republican. Yeah. Oh well, that's so good. It, it, that so that so I think McCarthy's timing. I mean, I'd rather you know, frankly, just for his vote for him to stay there and not leave that gap. But at least his timing was designed to make sure that Republicans would would have a shit because his district is so conservative. That's going to elect a Republican if they get to choose. Well, it's, it, who they it's sort of like when Newt resigned as Speaker, and. I just told him point blank that I thought it was a mistake, that he should have been a backbencher and done like Churchill. He would have been back in leadership in a matter of a few years. And I think that's true. I think this country really um, has never had a leader in that house like Newt Gingrich in my lifetime. And on the Republican, on the Republican side. side and really on the Democrat. There's no one. And well, I, mean, I would say considering how small her majority was. Nancy Pelosi counted votes and whipped votes better than almost oh, well, anybody. I'm not saying. Had. No, wait, wait. I'm not saying that Nancy Pelosi wasn't a more. She look. She's a very effective politician. I interviewed her for my book Power Chicks years ago, and we talked for two, probably two hours. I, I actually liked her. Um, I don't know her now, but we had a great time. I don't talking. like her politics, no, but, but man, but she knows how to whip a vote. Very bright lady. I was just saying for Republicans, I guess that there's, you know, you got Ronald Reagan, you got Donald Trump, you got Newt Gingrich. That's about it. After that, you're getting down to Jerry Ford territory and the like. It's just not quite the same. Um, let's, let's talk about how I was going to unfold. I, we're, we're, what, four weeks away? It's because it's the middle of January. We're about four weeks away, maybe five. What are you, what are you thinking right now? Because I know everything's going to well, change. And by the way, we're going to be do, doing some tracking polling that we will only reveal on this podcast. Exclusive. Closer. Yes. But go that's ahead. That's right. You're good. When you when you tune in, you're going to start. People who tune in this 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 broadcast are going to start knowing about things that aren't even public yet, and they're so not even talked get, about you know, by the rest of the media because they put on all these 
nitwits <laughs> who don't know what they're talking about. Not that we're not a couple of nitwits too, but occasionally we're right. We were number one and two in the presidential contest, according to Real Clear Politics back last time. So let's see if we can keep and it then up. The, and then the averages, you know, for the last four cycles, uh, Matt and I are the uh, – Insider Advantage and Trafalgar are the, the highest-ranked private sector polling companies on the entire list. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they probably should be listening to us. And if you're going to listen to college, I'd listen to Emerson. Yeah, I agree but, with you. Um, I agree with you. Um, but, but I think in Iowa, the way we're, we're – I think the unfolding is it looks tight in the polls, but I would say DeSantis is – the fact that he's – the infrastructure that he's built, because, mm-hmm. again – Polling doesn't turn into to vote. That's Get right. out the vote does. That's right. I think the infrastructure he's put together will will give him a give him a little separation. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't think at this point that he's probably going to get even close to Trump. Yeah. But I think it'll be closer to our predictions in Iowa than the outlandish predictions of a you know forty to fifty point Trump victory. Right. But I think DeSantis will have a little separation on. On Haley and everybody else, just because I think his infrastructure is going to pay off for yeah, him. Yeah, I think you're right. That's my thought, too. Um, it could change. Uh, I mean, Haley, the national media is really trying to push Haley, you know, as, as having momentum going into Iowa. And I, I just don't see and it. That's very su- suspect, yeah, you know, because the people that Republicans generally know they can't trust all seem to be for her. Yep. So, like, that's a concern. And, I mean, I know why they're doing that, because somebody like, you know, if she wins the nomination, you know, write it down. Uh, you're going to see Kennedy get double digits yep. when MAGA oh, yeah. people oh, are yeah. Yeah, they, they won't vote for her. They won't vote for her. It yeah. wouldn't matter so, who they make the VP. They won't vote for her. Bobby Kennedy will pick up a lot of those votes, especially from the from the anti-vaxxer crowd. Go double digits. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I, I think, and that's why that's why the national media and the left is pushing her. And the funny thing is, I actually was watching MSNBC. I know you always get mad at me for doing these things, no. uh, but I saw a Haley Super PAC ad running on MSNBC, a national ad. Well, that's a brilliant I'm like, buy. It. Why are you advertising on MSNBC? Other than the fact you're trying to talk to Democrats or independents who may very well vote in the primary, especially in New Hampshire, to try to impact independents the Republican, the Republican primary. Yep. And Democrats don't have a primary, a real primary, because Biden's not there. Right. And so you could see Democrats switching their party registration independent because uh, they can do that on the fly. Right. So I thought that was really interesting that they're spending money on MSNBC. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any secret to what she's doing. She, they're going to want as many Democrats in states where either you don't register by party, like Georgia. Georgia, you don't you don't register by party. You can go vote in whatever you damn well want to. And so, or South Carolina yep. that has they're on a totally different day. Yeah. Now you're not supposed to vote into both of them, but guess what? Yeah. With ones on Saturday and ones on Tuesday, you're going to see it's going to happen. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that my view of this is the following. Um, Somewhere, one of these states, Trump is going to overperform. And in one of these states, he's going to underperform. But none of these states are going to deal a significant blow to him of the first three because 
So many of the states that follow are just massive Trump states. I mean, just Florida. I mean, DeSantis is behind by 30 points here. He can't win. That I mean, was funny in that the debate with Newsom that he brought that up. I mean, he's 30 points. And, and then the, people still like him as governor. Don't get me wrong. But he just he can't win the state of Florida. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, when you talk about, I think it was one of the questions last night about the Tim Scott. They're not saying no, just just, just not now. Yep. I think that really, that probably describes DeSantis more than anybody. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of Republicans who really wanted DeSantis to be president Absolutely. one day. It Absolutely. just wasn't this year. Absolutely. Okay, now, we always got to talk a little college football at the end of this. And I think, you know, we talk about politics. Oh, my Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, my gosh. Number one in the nation. They lose by three points to Alabama. And suddenly, they're out of the conversation. Yeah, they lose by three points in the championship game of the toughest conference in college football. Yeah. And that doesn't put you in the top four. And yet Washington State playing in a conference ain't even going to exist next year. That's right. That's right. It, you know, they don't play anybody. Texas didn't play. Texas won one game against Alabama early in the season. Yeah. Didn't play anybody the rest of the season, just like Florida State. I mean, the bottom line is, to, for me, I don't know you, you hear what you say, but I, I think this ought to be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State that lost one game to Michigan. And Michigan. Yep. Those are the four best teams in, in college football. There's no question about it. Absolutely. And and both Ohio State and Georgia, I think, got ripped off. I I, I told you I thought that committee vote was was a was a strange one from the very beginning. When they had Georgia ranked number two. It didn't make any sense. But, but hey, let me just say this. Alabama beat Georgia. They were the better team that night. Nick Saban's a savvy old guy. He, he knows he's what he's best. doing. I mean, he, he beat Kirby, and that's just, that's just the way it goes. And he beat Auburn on the fourth down with uh, <laughs> 30, fourth and 30, what, 31? Oh, God. They're still crying at Auburn over that one. They're still yeah. crying. Well, I mean, it's just like Auburn won on the kick six. I mean, that, that, that the last two minutes of the Iron Bowl – is the best college football that will ever happen anytime. It's just, it always has been that way. But I think nothing could make a, it's almost like the committee decided to make us really, really want the new system next year because right. everybody can't wait. That's right. So this thing has got 12 because there's, there'll be never be a question yep. when there's 12 teams in this that the top four or five didn't make. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Robert. So thank goodness we got a fix for this. Bro. Of all the things we talk about, this one has a solution yeah. and is already in place. It's called the playoffs that will be coming. That's right. Where we have real live playoffs and, and, and teams get to get into it where politics isn't quite as big. I'm sure there'll still be politics. I mean, you know, whoever's number nine isn't going to be happy, but you know that's the way it goes. I think it's 12, isn't it? Is it 12? I thought it was eight. I feel like it's 12. Well, Listen, I need to get educated about that, but I'm not going but, to do what, it. Whatever today. it is, the top four or five yep. are all going to be in there. That's right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right, Robert, another good time chatting with you today. Folks, we'll be back with another edition of Polling Plus in just a few days. But until then, I'm Matt Towery for Robert Kahaley, the bow-tied pollster himself, wishing you guys a nice holiday season. 